0: And welcome to Hello from Bhutan. I am Nam Gizam. Today on the podcast, we feature two Bhutanese living abroad. We start our podcast by talking to Mr. Tenzin Nishi Wangdi, who works for the National Health Service in the UK. Mr. Wangdi, thank you so much for joining our podcast. Do tell us, how are you faring? And how did you end up in the UK, La?
1: Thank you, Namge. I'm very well. Uh, also, thank you for giving me this opportunity to take part in your podcast. I love podcasts as I listen to it every day, traveling to work and also while um, doing some chores in the house. In my view, podcast is better than reading books. Uh, anyway, I'm not um, putting down on books either. I've been living in the UK since 1996. That's when I came in. Uh, it feels like a lifetime ago now although I do travel to Bhutan every now and then. I moved to the UK to be with my family as my wife is an Australian-British. We met in Bhutan while she was uh, on VSO assignment, which is the voluntary service offices, and I was a teacher there. We were both in the winter's uh, national teachers' workshop as a facilitator and got to know each other. A few years later, one thing led to another and we got married. And to cut a long story short, our first um, child was conceived in Bhutan and she later returned to the UK. And it was difficult for family relations to be maintained um, with a distance, as you can, I'm sure, um, understand. The obvious choice was for me to travel to the UK. I know it's a long story, but that is how I'm in the UK now. But uh, we all visit Bhutan and Australia, which is where all our family uh, members are. Uh, bhutan in australia we don't have um, any family members in the uk aside from just us
0: so what is it that you do at the nhs and how long have you been working there
1: first of all just to explain briefly for your listeners who may be unsure of what the nhs is nhs stands for national health service and i believe it is the biggest healthcare organization in the world hospital where I work is one of the largest in the region with staff numbers over 10,000 and over a million patient records in the system, which is bigger than the population of Bhutan. This was what blew my mind when I first um, took over training um, in the hospital. Like Bhutan, the healthcare in the UK is free for all from the point of care, which is so great as people don't have to worry about money for healthcare. I've been with the hospital where I work for almost as long as I've been in the UK. Uh, My job title is um, Clinical uh, System Applications Trainer. And what that means is basically your IT uh, trainer, training staff across the um, hospitals um, from doctors and nurses to admin staff to all the domestic levels. So we have to train everyone to use the computer system just from... Uh, basic checking emails to uh, using some of the clinical um, systems to document um, everyday activity. And those activities can be the, um, how to order bloods, um, how to record swaps, how to uh, order CTs, MRIs, uh, and even how to manipulate images and interpret um, results, um, that kind of thing. So there are several of us who uh, train um Around um, eight thousand clinical staff, um, and that's a hell of a lot um, to um, to train um, every year. Other than that, I also develop uh, online learning packages for clinicians to use uh, without um, attending classroom sessions. So, in the last uh, few months, particularly with COVID nineteen. My workload has gone up exponentially um, as they wanted to do everything online um, so that they can avoid um, coming to the classroom and maintain social distancing. I have plenty to keep me occupied for a while, but I enjoy everything I do and it is no hassle for me.
0: I believe not everyone is allowed testing in the UK and that you have to be an essential worker to get tested for COVID-19. If you could explain who identifies as an essential worker there,
1: That is correct, Namge. Only the essential workers were tested in the beginning. Even patients who attended the emergency department in the earlier stage of COVID-19 uh, weren't tested. Um, only the ones who were going to be admitted um, in the hospital were tested. This gradually um, changed to testing staff working with COVID-19 patients. Later, all patients in the hospital got tested as well as all the staff involved with COVID-19 patients. This then got extended to the frontline staff and now looks like um, anyone going to work will be tested, including myself, but I've not filled in a form yet. Everything I'm telling you is just a generalisation from what was reported, but the hospital where I work, I know all the nurses and doctors were tested right from the beginning. Because we have our own pathology services, so we were able to process all the tests uh, right from the start. And our uh, um, bosses and the clinical leads have been extremely proactive in organising all of this. The UK government, um, guided by the scientists, makes the decision on who should get the tests and they decide which is um, kind of fluid as it changes depending on the situation. But on the whole, there are nurses, doctors, ambulance staff, police, caregivers, some politicians who need to run the country, etc.
0: Are you in touch with the other Bhutanese in the United Kingdom?
1: Sadly, not uh, Namge, but um, I have been in touch with a couple of Bhutanese students when they were here studying, but I haven't seen them, but we chatted over the WhatsApp and Facebook, uh, but I know they've all left now, uh, although I do keep in contact with them. I'm in the southern part of the country, uh, a place called Devon, which is the West Country. It's a beautiful part of uh, the United Kingdom. And the COVID cases, luckily for in our region here where I am, has been very low as well. So we've been extremely lucky and uh, and people are generally following what they've been taught to do social distancing wise. Really, really good. We have some uh, Nepalese and Indian family here that I... Do keep in contact with them, so it's just nice to see them. But aside from my family members, um, you're the first one that, uh, that um, g- going to in touch with me, so, which has been really good, so I'm really glad that you um, go in touch with me. I know the most Bhutanese are mainly in London and other parts of the United Kingdom, um, but I do keep in contact with the embassy in Brussels and Geneva uh, when I need some information or to let them know um, I'm okay. In the recent case,
0: how are you coping with the pandemic personally and professionally, La? Any daily habits that help you get through the day or help motivate you, La?
1: This is a really good question, and I ask myself how myself and my um, colleagues at work and my family members are not just. Um, Here with me, but also uh, outside of the United Kingdom, how are they coping? Um, And I ask this question um, almost on a daily basis uh, as we chat with them. I think the key thing is it is what it is and we just need to be realistic uh, about the situation now and take all the precaution and all the advice given to us. And, and know that everything is done for us, uh, wh- whatever need to be done, uh, and try and protect ourselves as much as we can. As a member of the staff working in the hospital, we're always reminded to follow regular hand hygiene. And when the COVID-19 outbreak came, this wasn't a um, hard routine to follow for us. Having to travel to work every day has been a struggle um, uh, psychologically um, because when you hear the news um, of deaths every day, and particularly within my own hospital where uh, every day it's been one or two people dying, and it's been a struggle, um, but we know that we have to do the job, and, and then we go and try and do the, do the job the best we can. Right from the beginning, we were told that um, if we have any underlying conditions, then we need to uh, stay home. But otherwise, um, it will be all hands on deck and whatever we can do to cope with the current situation. So we were... We were asked to follow that, and and that is what we are doing currently. In the uh, spare time, I try and um, do mindfulness meditation, and I'm also a big uh, follower of the Chod, the Chod, the Gaurav Rinpoche, um, who is leading worldwide, and um, I followed that right from when I was little. And I carry on practicing that on a regular basis. So that um, helps me to ground myself and be realistic and pragmatic about um, the whole thing.
0: You tweeted about being proud of Bhutan and that caught my attention on Twitter. What about Bhutan makes you proud La
1: Yeah, thank you for reaching out to me from my tweet. <laughs> yes, I'm very proud of Bhutan. And, um, as Bhutanese, um, we are all proud of our country, our unique culture and tradition and our monarch. And the list goes on. But I am very proud of Bhutan and everything about Bhutan makes me really, really proud. And I don't shy away from telling my colleagues, people that I work with, people that I come across, all about Bhutan. And they all love listening to the tales of Bhutan and the stories and places I grew up and our monarchs, what they do, our democracy, and um, everything about uh, Bhutan. Um, I love talking about it, and I would go on and on and on talking about it at work. What makes me proud is our Bhutanese uh, unique culture and our Bhutanese um, sense of loyalty and and particularly um, generosity and compassion um, that people have. um, And I really love that. And our kings, I love them. I love them, really. And they are, in my view, they are the true Changchup Sempas. And if you wanted to look for the example of Changchup Sempas, then they are it that we have it i feel so emotional when i think of my king especially the great fourth um, the sacrifices that he made uh, for us uh, uh, in fact all the kings and uh, who made sacrifices for us and our uh, fifth king is no different in that um, and he's such a good role model and um, and everyone that I talk to here who've heard of Bhutan, that loves our fifth king as well. So I feel so proud um, hearing all of this from other people about Bhutan. Ours feel us Bhutanese, uh, especially the ones living and working outside of Bhutan, no matter where we are in the world, our hearts and minds are in Bhutan. I always say this to everyone, you can take the Bhutanese out of Bhutan, but you cannot take Bhutan out of a Bhutanese.
0: That is so true, La. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Finally, what message would you have for the people listening to you, La?
1: All I would say is we're living in an uncertain world right now where we are constantly on guard and worried whether you would be the next person to catch the virus. Particularly in my case, going to work every day and that is to a hospital with COVID-19 patients. I also know if I do everything I'm told, I stand a good chance of avoiding the virus. It is very bleak right now, but believe me, this will pass. Scientists in the UK are leading the research in COVID-19 vaccines, which are in human trials as we speak. And hopefully, if successful, we should have the vaccine ready by the end of the year. Follow the advice given by the government and do everything you can to fight this dreadful disease so that we can resume new normal. Over the last eight weeks, the world has changed considerably as we have focused on managing the COVID-19 pandemic. During this time, we've had to work at pace to transform what we do and in many cases, how we do it. For many, this has felt quite liberating because we've done things in a way in such a short time that might have taken months or even years before. In my case, I've done some of the training online and that's been a huge change for me and for my team and for the learners um, out there as well. It's a new experience for all of us. We are aware that it is difficult to maintain strict um, distances when performing some professional tasks and that the environment is of necessity not always best suited to our social distancing um, guidelines that we are asked to follow. However, we can make sure we aim for setting the highest standards we can. So consider the size of groups in your place of work and meeting rooms and ensure all possible precautions are taken. And that way we can carry on with this new normal, they call it. uh, And I think which is how it is going to end up that we will carry on working going back to work uh, but it will be a new normal as they say it'll be a different uh, ways of working lastly may i say this um, please take care everyone stay safe and thank you nam for this opportunity to share my experience with your audience i would also like to say if anyone wishes to reach out to me I'd love to hear, uh, particularly from Bhutanese um, abroad or anyone from Bhutan. I'm on Twitter and I actively take part in Twitter. And my Twitter handle is at htnsl. And I wish you all the best, everyone.
0: Thank you so much, Mr. Wangdi, for taking time out to talk to me on Hello from Bhutan. I really appreciate it, especially knowing how busy you are at this time, love. to hello from Bhutan and you just heard Mr. Tanzanese Wangde, who works at the National Health Service in the UK. Now we're joined by Kamra Dupchin who is studying and working in Germany. Thank you so much for joining me all the way from Munich in Germany. It's been quite a while since we've last spoken.
2: Yeah thank you for having me. Yeah it's been a while since we last spoke so it's nice to like kind of have a catch-up session.
0: (laughs) How are things there though? I mean Germany is among um Well, it's leading right now, it's seen as an example that all other countries should be following. Germany's done pretty well. But how are things in Munich where you are? Uh, So where I am, Munich, it's
2: in the state of Bavaria. And the state of Bavaria itself was one of the most hard hit cities of the state in the whole of Germany, considering its population. So I think so far we've managed quite well. The government has managed it quite well. We do have restrictions. We went on lockdown, I think, five weeks ago. But I think around a week ago, since last week, we eased restrictions. So basically, the government allowed people to meet one person, additional person, who is not from your household. So you can meet one person who is not from your household at any one time.
0: I see. Okay, we had something like that come out just a few weeks ago in Bhutan as well, where they said you can't hang out in more than groups of three, but... Um, I think that's only in concentrated urban areas. But I'm glad to hear that you are safe. How has your mental health been so far?
2: Um, Well, the mental health has, it's a bit tricky question because I think that depends on person to person. For me, I'm sort of like, a. I am a bit uh, chaotic. I do have a chaotic mind. I always need a constant stimulus. So I think the first two weeks were a little challenging to be um, bound in your home. Whereas I'm kind of used to like uh, commuting for an hour or an hour and a half to go to office and being like, uh, we and the company where I work, we have flat hierarchies. So we're constantly moving around, interacting with different teams. So not having that to be like constantly in front of your computer was a bit challenging in the first two weeks, but I think after the first two weeks, I realized that I'm far more, um, efficient in terms of like uh, being productive because you're not wasting any hours. Uh commuting. Uh, You don't waste time unnecessarily like um, chatting with your colleagues and sort of you kind of go into a focused mode when you are like inside your home and you know that's the only place you can or you're supposed to be. Things have started to smoothen out I think after the first couple of weeks. I think it's the same for a lot of people or a lot of uh, friends that I have and also for a lot of colleagues.
0: Are there other Britannies with you in Munich or in Germany that you're connected with?
2: Unfortunately, not. Um, I have heard about one girl. Um, I don't know if she's still here, but we never we we weren't able to like link up or catch up. Um, I think she is um here with her father or something. But as such, no other Bhutanese students are caught like people working. Um, not really. So as far as I know, I'm the only Bhutanese that I know here.
0: Are you comfortable where you are right now? Or do you also miss home a little bit or miss Bhutanese companionship?
2: Um, I think I'm doing fairly well. I think I was always up for the challenge and adventure. And I think that's partly one of the reasons why I chose to do my uh, master's in Germany. I was kind of looking forward to learning a new language. And I think for a lot of Bhutanese, if you put our mind to it, I think it's a lot easier for us because we already grew up in this um, multicultural multilingual environment where we have like constant um information in different languages you know growing up in hindi nepali in english right so for us to kind of have a certain mindset to kind of be able to function in other languages is easier for us as compared to people born and raised in the western world with uh, just one-dimensional culture and language so for me it's always been fun and i took it up as an adventure i never really had a lot of difficulty in terms of integrating or like familiarizing myself with the people here and culture here, I would say, yeah, sometimes I do kind of miss the food because it's very difficult to find um, Bhutanese cuisine, for example, let's say. And because our country is not so developed, we don't have a lot of exports or our culture is not something that is so popular or picked up or has it hasn't become a trend. Like, for example, Indian food or Indian culture, right? You see traces of it all over the world. Yeah, so that part sometimes I miss it, but it's not that hard because yeah, I do talk to my family, friends, and save myself from drowning and just stay afloat.
0: Your family must be missing you though, and they must be worried as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were really worried in the beginning, but I had to keep assuring them that I was more worried about them. Because um, and that is one of the reasons why I was so glad when in the when uh, in the beginning, when Corona first came out, Bhutanese people were freaking out. And there was a lot of criticism about, oh, yeah, people shouldn't be freaking out. And I was like, no, oh, the Bhutanese need to freak out because we don't have the healthcare and the infrastructure like the West. We don't have a proper distribution of uh, health facilities over the country. It's always it's concentrated in like uh, certain developed cities or areas. So I was more worried about them than I was worried about myself. Uh, not just because oh, I'm young and they're old, but also because the healthcare system in Germany is really good. So uh, yeah, they were worried, but I had to keep reassuring them that I'm doing very well. I'm keeping healthy. The state and the government have taken like really strong and good measures to protect uh, people. So yeah, they were worried in the beginning, but now they're fine.
0: You are working on the thesis right now. Um, you're studying and you're working. So um, you were telling me that you're working from home now. But what about your education?
2: Um, in terms of education, I. It's kind of like a blessing in disguise for a lot of us final, uh, final semester students because we're doing our thesis and my thesis is based solely on computer softwares and I'm running simulations, energy simulations, so I really don't need to be out doing any kind of field research at all. So a lot of it is um, purely on softwares and research, so I can do that from the comfort of my own home. There are certain students who were planning to do a master thesis with certain organizations that are like more field research based. Well, they had to kind of have a change of plans. But personally, for me, it's kind of almost been like a blessing in disguise. Now, there, there, is no, uh, there are no distractions. You're not missing out on anything. So you're kind of like, okay, you just have to be home and really focus and write your thesis because at times I think uh, to just focus on your thesis and to manage your time on your own can be a little challenging. But right now, it's like, uh, I don't have any other option but to write my thesis.
0: <laughs> no distractions. What has been the most um, challenging for you. The biggest challenge for you in this pandemic.
2: It's gonna sound so millennial of me, but the biggest challenge has been to kind of not have the option to like um, just have a you know evening drink with my friends out in the city or in a bar or something. And also um, in Germany, the summers are the most beautiful, the spring and summer, mm-hmm. because fall and winter are just really dark, gloomy. You don't see the sun for weeks mm-hmm. sometimes. So in the summer, I think that was sort of the most challenging because everybody looks forward to the mm-hmm. summer because you, you get to do so many things outdoors. You get to be productive. Um, you just get to enjoy the weather and the season alongside your own work. So I think that uh, shift in the mindset of like, okay, well, now I can't do any of those things. That was a bit challenging to accept that, yeah. Yeah, I can't do anything. You don't have the freedom to like just hang out with your friends when you need to uh, on a weekend. I know it's like a very millennial thing to say, oh, I can't go out with my friends, but to be honest, that has been been the most challenging to just accept that fact.
0: No, I think that's also because you're quite an extroverted personality. So you try interaction with people and uh, physical affection, right? Because I know you and uh, not having that is even for me, I usually am a very affectionate person. And it's so difficult for me to not help people when I see them and to not be hanging out with people as well. So it's just certain things that we've taken for granted that, you know, now we realize, oh, wow, that was actually a very special thing to do.
2: Exactly. exactly. <laughs>
0: so don't beat yourself up over it for wanting to hang out with your friends. So what's been the silver lining in this experience for you?
2: Uh, the silver lining. For me personally, it's uh, the fact that I'm far more productive. I'm really efficient with my time because, as I said, I don't live in the city itself. I kind of live on the outskirts. So I commute like an hour or hour and a half a day. I mean, just one way. So in a day, you kind of waste around three hours. So you're just exhausted at the end of the day. I I do have a lot of uh, daylight hours as (laughs) to put it in in a certain way to kind of um, just do other things, for example, like when I'm done with work at 6 p.m., I have like a solid four or five hours to like do something else, and also have like the comfort of just focusing on my thesis and just things being more easier right now uh, in terms of uh, focusing.
0: What's your day like now, then?
2: So after the first two weeks, I think I uh, a lot of us got into a certain routine. So I wake up quite early, like early as in like like seven something. But the good thing is I wake up at uh, I wake up at seven o'clock and in an hour, I am like ready to start working. I'm, I've had my breakfast, I've showered, I've just gotten ready. And I'm by eight, I'm in front of my computer. And then I work, 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 work uh, till six. My last meetings usually end at six. So I do that for three days a week for work. And then Thursday, Friday and Saturday, I kind of work on my thesis and I do the same routine to kind of you know, not uh, lose focus. So even when I don't have to wake up for a work call, like on Thursdays and Fridays, because, It's thesis work. I just have to be in front of my computer. I make it a point to wake up early to just kind of have that routine.
0: You're incredibly disciplined. I think it's uh, karma deficient turning into a German now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sort of. I think when you come here, you really, really, really uh, like get used to the system here because yeah, yeah, as you say, like the Germans are take the time very seriously and it's something that I really appreciate because I've always been like that. When when people say 8.30, they mean 8.30. There is no idea of, you know how Bhutanese when we say eight thirty, it's like oh, oh, eight
0: thirty <laughs> nine ish does not exist. <laughs> right. I'm so glad to hear you sounding so upbeat, productive. I think it's a contrast to how a lot of us have been feeling quite challenged, and I think some of us are having um, finding it very difficult to cope uh, with how things have changed so quickly over the last couple of now. Let's say couple of weeks. Having said all of that, I must say that I've been pleasantly surprised by the where our health personnel and health ministry, JDW, have functioned. I think they've exceeded expectations. What do you think? Because you must have followed closely as well, being so anxious about your family back yes, home. Yes,
2: yes, yes. Um, I was really, really impressed and very happy with the way the government and our health system kind of tackled it, the way it did not take it lightly. And I think that was a very smart move. It was a very informed move from the government. And I was just really glad because for someone who is in Germany but has their family and friends back home. It's a very um, uncomfortable feeling to have that if something were to happen back home, you can't do anything about it but just hope and pray because there's nothing you can do, you know? Because our healthcare system, uh, it's not as good, to be very honest, as like uh, the Western world, you know? We wouldn't wouldn't have the capacity to kind of cater to or like um, if there was to be an outbreak, I don't know if we have the capacity within our system to actually flatten the curve or to contain the virus. So the very fact that the government was very strict in ensuring that there is no outbreak was, I think, the best move so far.
0: What would you like to tell people who tuned in to the podcast?
2: Stay home. I don't know why um, the government has not levied fines, because in Germany, if you are uh, if you are seen in groups, there are police that patrol every day. From the morning itself, so you can go out. You can still go out on walks, but if you are uh, in bigger groups, the police will stop you and they will find you. And it's the same in a lot of um, other European countries like Bulgaria and a lot of other places. So people should just take it more seriously and realize that yes, the situation is a lot better in town, but don't take it for granted. If there is an outbreak, especially for example, cities like Thimpu, it's not like a city like Munich where like it's so big, but everybody they live like sort of lonely lives, whereas. In uh, cities like Thimpo, for example, everybody knows everybody. So like the, you know, the way people interact, is like everybody's meeting everyone, you know, it's such a small tight knit city there. So people just need to be careful, just stay home and just try to avoid going out unless it's absolutely necessary and try to avoid meeting people. I mean, if you want to meet someone, just meet one or two people and just limit yourself to that. That's what I would say.
0: The podcast was recorded a few weeks ago. All of my interviews are now done online to respect social or physical distancing. Do follow the rules. Remember to wear a mask if you're going to closed spaces with a lot of people. Wash your hands often. Use the Drip Trace app. If not, try and maintain a diary and a list of names of all the people you meet on a daily basis. And as much as possible, stay at home. Stay safe. <laughs>